Good evening, this is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We are going to continue in my book reading, and we are in Chapter 9, and that is Laid in the Tomb. John, Chapter 19, Verse 31 through 42. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that they be broken, and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture might be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, They shall look upon him whom they pierced. And after, jo and after this, Joseph of Armathia, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for the fear of the Jews, sought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus, and wound it in linen clothes, with the clothes, you see, you see that, right? Linen clothes, with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus Therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day for the sepulchre was nigh at hand. Luke chapter 23, 50 through 56. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and just. The same had not consented to the counsel and the deed of them. He was of Armathia, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulchre that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulchre and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Mark chapter fifteen forty two through 47 And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Armathia, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. And calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. 
And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the fine linen and laid him in a sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. Mark 16, 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Matthew twenty seven fifty seven through sixty six. When the evening was come, there came a rich man of Armathia named Joseph, who was also himself a was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day, that followed the day of the preparation the chief priests and pharisees came together unto pilate saying sir we remember that 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 deceiver said while he was yet alive after three days i will rise again command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day lest the disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he is risen from the dead so the last error shall be worse than the first Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, and make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. These priests and Pharisees went to Pilate on the 15th, on the high day, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is considered a Sabbath. Jesus would not have been in the grave yet a full 24 hours when they posted guards to watch. Now, we are going to get into something debatable, and that is fine, because I'm going to stand on the word with this one. And through the word, prove to you that Jesus died on Passover and was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and rose on the third day. Why is this important? Does it pertain to salvation? The answer to the last is no. But the answer to the first on why is it important is because Jesus himself stated that he would be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights and on the third day rise again. If Jesus died on a Friday, placed in the grave at sundown and rose on Sunday morning, that is not three days and three nights. There is no way you could work 72 hours into 36 hours or less. It cannot be done. No matter how you arrange it, try and make it fit. It cannot be done. Jesus did not say within three days and three nights, giving room for some adjustments on time. Why is this so important? The truth will win out, and the scriptures promise that all would be restored before he returns. Even though the church wrongly taught error in the Friday crucifixion for centuries, the evidence will win out. The word of God will not return void, and it is time we believe the truth and not man-made fables. Here is Jesus' words. Matthew 12, verse 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah 1, 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish three days and three nights.
Matthew 16:21 From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Matthew 17:23 And they shall kill him and the third day he shall be raised again and they were exceeding sorry. Matthew 20, verse 19, And shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify, and, uh, and the third day he shall rise again. Matthew 27, 64, Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Mark chapter 9 verse 31 for he taught his disciples and said unto them the son of man is delivered into the hands of men and they shall kill him and after that he is killed he shall rise the third day. Mark chapter 10 verse 34 and they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him and the third day he shall rise again. Luke nine twenty-two, saying the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day luke chapter 13 verse 32 and he said unto them go ye and tell that fox behold i cast out devils and i do cures today and tomorrow and the third day i shall be perfected luke Verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 33. And they scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Luke 24, 7, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Luke 24, 46, and he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Acts chapter 10, verse 40, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Exodus chapter 12, verse 16, and in the first day there shall be a holy convocation and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No matter of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat that only may be done of you. Leviticus chapter 23, 5 through 7. In the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Regardless of what day of the week the Passover falls on, the very next day is always a Sabbath day and high day because it is the first day of feast of unleavened bread. Get that in your spirit. Understand it. Jesus did not die on a Friday. Oh, people thought that because the next day was the Sabbath day, but every day after Passover is a Sabbath day. That's the high day. That's the high holy day. That's the high Sabbath day that John wrote about and told us about. 
get it and understand it. Jesus did not die on a Friday, brothers and sisters. He did not. He was literally $72, $72, 72 hours in the heart of the earth. Let's continue. Now, let's look at a couple of scriptures that show in the New Testament that there were two Sabbaths that week. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. This verse tells us that when the Sabbath was passed, they bought the spices. Luke twenty three fifty six, and they returned and prepared spices and, oint and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandments. They rested the day after Jesus, well, the day of or however, on the first day, they rested because that was the Sabbath day. Jesus died on the preparation day. The next day was the high holy Sabbath day. The following day, they went to market, got the spaces and stuff. The next day, they rested because that was the Sabbath day. Get it. Understand it. It's there. It's written in the word of God. Don't let man's tradition and man's twisting of the word confuse you. Get into the scriptures. Read it for yourself. Get it in your spirit. Understand it. God does not want confusion. He is not the author of confusion. He is not. Okay. So this verse tells us they prepared the spices and then rested on the Sabbath day. Now, how is it possible for them to buy the spices after the Sabbath, but prepare the spices before the Sabbath and rested? Because there were two Sabbaths. Because during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the first day was a holy convocation, which means no work was to be done. And the last day was a holy convocation, no work to be done. The first day being the 15th, the day after Passover, and the last day being the 21st, the seventh day of the Passover. But you see, because he had died on a Wednesday, the next day, Thursday, was a Sabbath, a day of rest, because it was the first day of unleavened bread. After that, then they had time on Friday, they had time to go to market in order to rest again on the Sabbath day, which was Saturday. Okay, let's keep going. Now, Oh, let me see. I get so excited sometimes I just miss my spot. The first day being the 15th day after Passover, like I said, and the last day being the 21st, the seventh day of the feast, Leviticus 23, 7 through 8. The Marys bought the spices on Friday after Thursday, the holy convocation, the high day, prepared them, then rested at sundown on Friday to Saturday sundown, which ends the weekly Sabbath. So see, actually in that week, there was three Sabbaths, was there not? There was the high holy day, which was the day after the preparation. And then there was the weekly Sabbath. And then there was the other Sabbath on the seventh day of the feast. Wow. How amazing. God is amazing. Okay, let's keep going. The Pharisees knew exactly what Jesus said and what he meant. In Matthew 27, 62 through 66. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, which was the Passover, the day that they killed the lambs, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. 
Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now, what is very fascinating is this, brothers and sisters. When Jesus said that he could, uh, that you destroy this temple and in three days I'm going to raise it back up. And they were like, you know, you say that, you know, it took 50 some odd years or whatever to build the temple. And you say you're going to do it in three days. They knew exactly what he was talking about because Jesus didn't sit down and say, this is what I mean. And sit there and explain it. I'm talking about my body here. They knew what he meant. They knew because they went into Pilate and said, this deceiver said that, you know what, he was going to raise again in three days. Where in the Gospels did Jesus sit them down and explain that? The only time Jesus said, the only sign that you're going to have is a sign of Jonah. Three days and three nights. Three, that's it. That's it. That's it. So they knew. They knew. And they were fearful, brothers and sisters. They were fearful. So they did not completely out of ignorance kill Jesus. I believe they knew who Jesus was and they didn't want to give up their earthly treasures. They didn't want to give up their earthly esteem, their power, their glory, all this other stuff. Somehow, some way, they thought they could fight against God. And obviously that didn't work out well for them. Let's continue. Matthew 28, 11 through 15. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch which came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large sums of money unto the soldiers, saying, Say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So the soldiers went and said, hey, wait a minute. There was this great big angel. The stone rolled away. And there was an earthquake. He's gone. I don't know what happened. And they're like, all right, this is what you need to do. You need to lie. And you need to go and tell the governor that uh, his disciples came. They overcame you whatever they took the body and we're going to give you this money and we're going to protect you all right so hold on one minute okay now jesus fulfilled these feasts to the very day and hour they were to be fulfilled the very days that the people of God had celebrated them for hundreds of years prior to his first coming. The Pharisees placed a date on the Feast of First Fruits. They dated it the 16th of Nisan, therefore making it impossible for Jesus to be the first fruit of the resurrection. The Sadducees, however, always held on to the belief that the Feast of First Fruits was always the day after the weekly Sabbath during the Passover week. Okay? Now, that is biblical and accurate. And they were the high priests at the time of Jesus. And that had to have been ordained by God because they kept the feast the way God instructed Moses. Leaving no room for doubt that Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is the unleavened bread and the first fruits offering. 
Now, if you go to Leviticus and read, you will find there are only two feasts that God did not place a date on. Those two feasts are the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Pentecost. But God told us when they are to be. The Feast of First Fruits was to be the day after the weekly Sabbath, and the Feast of Pentecost was to be 50 days after the Feast of First Fruits. Very important. All right. And the year, oh, okay. Well, that just tells me how funny. This is the year I wrote it, 2003. This year, 2003, is exactly 2,000 biblical years of the crucifixion. And it falls on a Wednesday. Now, I was off on that. I was wrong on that. Just to let you know, I was wrong on that. Okay. And it falls on a Wednesday, April 16th, which it did. It did back in 2003. I do remember it did fall out of Wednesday. <clears throat> I find that exciting. It is as if you went through a full cycle. The Feast of Pentecost will line up exactly as it was in the days of Acts. I was thinking the other day of the verse that says, A day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. That made me think, wow, to the Father, it was like his son was crucified two days ago. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Jesus literally fulfilled every prophecy of his first coming and Jesus fulfilled all three of these feasts to the letter accepting anything other than that what the word of God says is very dangerous and frightening to say the least there is nowhere in the word of God that even comes close to saying that one hour of light constitutes a whole day God counted the evening and the morning as a day in Genesis. The children of Israel went by this also. Their day began at sundown to sundown to evening to even entertain the idea that God had to work around man's way of thinking in order for Jesus to be able to fulfill these feasts is outrageous and ridiculous. Not to mention adding to the word and taking away from the word. Jesus meant what he said and said what he meant. He literally was three days and three nights in the earth and rose on the third day fulfilling exactly and literally what he was to do and be now i read this one masonic jewish site which by the way they are born again jews and they said that one that their people cannot take christians serious is because they do not know how to count speaking of the friday crucifixion and the sunday morning resurrection even in their minds it is wrong and yet the christian world has tried to say that is how the jews tell time and their argument of a palm sunday a good friday and easter sunday makes no sense they are right of course now this is from an angel fire dot com torah boy page four taken from the jewish site the hebrew month of nisan the first month of the sacred calendar ninth messiah arrives in bethany sixth day of the week equals friday john 12 1 tenth messiah enters jerusalem selection of the lamb praise god 
And he was chosen as the perfect spotless lamb right there to be sacrificed. And that's, you can find the, um, oh, the, let's see. Let me go back. I get too excited. Let me, let me slow down. Okay. On the ninth, Messiah arrives in Bethany. The sixth day of the week equals Friday. John 12, 1. The tenth, Messiah enters Jerusalem, selection of the lamb. The seventh day, Sabbath. Exodus 12, 3, the selection of the Passover lamb by the high priest. On the 11th, examined by the chief priests and the elders, first day of the week, which is a Sunday. 12th, examined, second day of the week, Monday. 13th, last supper, third day of the week, Tuesday night. 14th, tried early morning and declared faultless by Pilate, fourth day of the week, Wednesday. On the execution stake from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. expires the same time the Passover lambs are being slaughtered in the temple, prepared for burial and placed in tomb just before sunset. The 15th, first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, also a high Sabbath, in the tomb first night and first day, fifth day of the week, Thursday. The high priest and Pharisees asked Pilate to seal tomb, sixteenth day, in the tomb second night and second day, sixth day of the week, Friday. Seventeenth, in the tomb, third day and third, a third night and third day, seventh day of the week, Sabbath. Resurrected at the close of the Sabbath, beginning the first day of the week. Very important to understand. At the close of the Sabbath, the exact time he was laid in the tomb, 72 hours later, he rose from the tomb on the third day. It would be our Saturday night, but the moment the sun goes down to the Jews, it would be Sunday, the first day of the week. 18th, the day of first fruits. Messiah's body could not be found in the tomb. First day of the week equals Sunday. Later that day, Messiah appears to the disciples. Praise God. Now I've got to go and get this, so I'll be right back. One minute, I got to pull a section. Okay, got it. Now, let's see. And the 21st, the last day of unleavened bread, also a high Sabbath. Fourth day of the week equals Wednesday. All right, now, I had went through and I did a lot of, I mean, I remember, boy, it was it was kind of tedious. I'll be, I'll be frank with you. It was pretty, pretty tedious going through this. But I wanted to see, okay, what day in the year, in a year, did the um, Passover happen on a Wednesday to see? You know, because you, you, you can't, you can't force it to fit you, you got to see does it fit is there a day when was it okay so here it is and I don't know if I'm able to get this graph for you so you could see or not but um it tells you the year the vernal equinox the astronomical um, new moon conjunction the first evening of visible crescent um, the Gregorian calendar, midnight to midnight, date of the first of Nisan, beginning at sundown the evening before, and the 14th day of Passover, beginning at sundown the evening before. And so as I was looking and I seen, okay, on uh, 28 AD was a Wednesday Passover, and that was on April 28th. Um, and on 31 AD, it was a Wednesday Passover on April 25th. And so I was looking at those 
And I had discovered that, well, I'm going to leave it secret till we keep reading. All right. Now, we are going to end that there. And like I said, I will hopefully be able to get this. I think it's called a graph. I think that's what it's called. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know how to do that. But I'm going to try to get it down in the video so you can see it for yourself. Check it out and see. And that way you can follow along with me on this. I wonder how I can do that. I'm sure there's a way I can do it. Anyway, until next time, and we will begin with chapter 10. And that one is entitled, Where Jesus Died and Was Buried. Okay, until next time, brothers and sisters, keep your eyes on Jesus. Your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God or be deceived. I don't want no one to be deceived at all. Search this stuff out for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Search it. It takes hours. But you know what? I so enjoyed it. I remember doing it. And now it's like it's like breathing new life into me. Just rereading it for myself even. I'm so excited over this. Anyway, I love you all so very much. Till next time, be blessed, brothers and sisters. Be blessed.